Hello and welcome to Better Than Mario Brothers, a podcast where each episode we dive into cinema's sewer. I am Chris Bolton. With me, as always, my partner in podcasting, Mr. Mark Williams. Hello. And we're kicking off 2020 with just one of the worst films ever made by popular opinion. Uh, Can Howard, I just stop you there? It's 2021. Yeah. What did I say? We're kicking off 2020. Did I say 2020? I don't know what fucking day it is, <laughs> let alone what year it is. I mean, that was only the intro. We could go back and re-record it. Yeah, fuck it. But we won't, because <laughs> life's too fucking short. Absolutely. Um, okay, yeah, so we're kicking off 2021 uh, <laughs> with a look back at, by popular opinion, one of the worst films ever made. Uh, George Lucas's, I don't, well, he didn't direct it, but George Lucas produced it anyway. Yeah, uh, gets a lot of the blame for it. Six disaster piece, Howard the Duck, or Howard, a new breed of hero. I'm, t- I'm not really sure which is the correct title. I, I think, think here, Howard, a new breed of hero. Yeah, here it's sold as Howard the Duck because I inadvertently bought it yesterday. Um, I suppose. Oh, renting. ouch! Um, I Why wrong. did you? <laughs> because it was about eleven o'clock at night and I was knackered and I pressed the wrong button. Um, oh. So. Yeah, when that came through, I thought, oh, shit, right, I can't undo that. So, yeah, so I inadvertently purchased that yesterday. Um, so it's, it's sold here as Howard the Duck. Um, but, yeah, when you look at um, IMDb and you Google it, it comes up as Howard New Breed of Heroes. So I'm assuming that was the American title. I, I think I think the actual title is Howard, a new breed of hero. But most people call it Howard the Duck because in the same way that you get, say, um, I don't know, fucking Thor Ragnarok. You've got Thor in big letters because it's yeah. a Thor film, but the title of the film is Ragnarok. Is Ragnarok. It's yeah. not Thor Ragnarok. So the title of the film is Howard, a new breed of hero. But whenever you look at a poster or the front of it, it's got Howard the Duck in big yeah. letters. And there's only been one. So it's just Howard the Duck, the film, isn't yeah. it? Um, I mean... If they're going to be like this, thank God there's only one. But, you know, well, I, I'd be up for more Howard the Duck films, especially now, like, with the way the MCU are doing it. And it's yeah. Seth as well in the MCU, isn't it? So I'd be up I'd be up for more of it, um, just not like this. Um, so oh, there, there were bits of this. I mean, we'll, we'll, go, we'll get into it. I mean, there, there are bits of this which did still make me laugh. I mean, I, saw, I first saw this when I was in uni. Somebody had a booky copy of it on VHS. Um, so I've, I've, seen, I've seen this quite a few times. Um, and there's still bits that make me chuckle now, even though I know what's coming. Mm. So it's, you know, it's it's not... And we, we've watched worse things, let's put it that way. I don't know. Um, we probably have, but but not much. So not to bury the lead from my thoughts on this one. <laughs> um, so it, this is interesting as well, because you come to it from a totally different place to me then, because I saw this as a very young child. Uh, it came out 86. I yeah. guess I must have seen it round about 88 89 i was definitely very very young about seven or eight um as i've said on the podcast before uh dad didn't really give a shit uh let me watch whatever i wanted so and and i I also think you know how with the deck they probably figured like it's a puppet it's a comedy thing so yeah fine watch Howard the Duck little did they know of all of the gruesome shit that I watched as a kid and I'm talking about you know they'd let me watch Robocop Predator Terminator all of that absolutely fine Howard the Duck scared the living shit out of me as I a can kid. see that I can see why that how that would happen I, uh, absolutely and, and it's weird because see I I, I have a weird um a weird memory uh associated with this film so i haven't watched it as an adult not because it scared me as a kid i just i haven't i've, I've felt no desire to go back and watch howard the duck so this is the first time i've seen this film in probably 25 maybe 30 years right 
Uh, maybe I've seen bits of it here and there or it's been on and I've gone, ah, cool, Howard the Duck. And then I've, I've not bothered. Um, I think I've only actually seen it all the way through maybe three or four times. But I've seen the first hour or so of the film about nine or ten times. Yeah. Because as a kid, kids are stupid. Okay, we've had this discussion on the podcast before. I didn't realize that this was a bad film. I just like what I like, and I fucking love puppets. We've had this discussion plenty of times, all right? So we've got presumably a midget running around in a puppet costume here. Yeah. Is that the correct term? Well, I've been put on that before. Little person running around. Apologies to all the midgets out there. Um, <laughs> it's apologies, me. apologies to all the little people out there. You know I jest. Um, so you, you've got a little person running around. You've got you've got a sort of animatronic face. There's a lot of puppetry going on. So ticks all of the boxes for me. I mean, there's tits. There's all the, there's all sorts of stuff that the kids are going to find uh, kind of amusing. And then at the hour mark, the Dark Lord shows up and. I just, as a kid, the diner scene terrified me. Now, I have this, and, you know, I'm going way back, so this memory is probably quite vague. I am pretty sure we had a VHS tape, and when I say pretty sure, I'm 95% certain. We had a VHS tape where my dad had, because we were able to, you know, copy things, um, where, where my dad had copied, like, the first hour of the film on this tape and cut it off at the diner scene and then that was the end of howard the duck and there was something now i was i was not stupid enough to fall for it but i knew that that back half scared me so i was just like yeah okay fine so i would just watch the first half of howard the duck and then which which watching it now does kind of work because it becomes a completely different film anyway that's the better film um, than the one i watched but as a kid absolutely terrify me the second jeffrey jones's eyes start glowing yeah freaked me the fuck out yeah. uh but we'll get into that i guess when we get to that scene yeah. so this there's my potted history of howard yeah. the duck i was i, mean, I was I, I don't remember seeing it as a kid it's probably not the sort of thing i would have seen um my um plus my, my dad always you know worked shifts and wasn't really around that much so my, my mum used to be quite strict on what we watched to a point where we used to go visit um, her parents and uh, my aunt lived in the same street. So if we went up to see my cousins, my mum would literally follow us up the road two minutes later just to make sure we weren't watching anything with them because they were that much older and that much yeah. less controlled. Um, and I think there was one one time we came up and we were watching fucking Hellraiser or something like that. So there were words had then. Um, but yeah, so I mean, that was, it was always one of those that I don't even know if I would have been aware of it at the time. But even if I was, I certainly wouldn't have seen it. Yeah, I mean, I was definitely very excited to watch it as well. I know, I know that much. Again, puppets—it's it, always been a thing for me, always. Mm. Um, and that reminds me, we should really look at Garbage Pail Kids on this podcast as well. We'll put it on our list if it's not already. Um, but yeah, so so I watched it quite quite early on, and I remember all of the tertiary stuff around it as well. Like even before looking at it, um, I I rented it on Amazon. I didn't I didn't buy it because I knew. I just somewhere in the deep recesses of mine, even not having watched it for a while, I knew it wasn't going to be something I'm going to oh, want to. Don't, don't get so, me wrong; I didn't intend to buy it. <laughs> no, so so I knew even before looking at it what that poster looked like. I could picture it. I could picture the writing. That poster is fucking weird, which is why I remember it. It is, uh, but I mean, I was talking to somebody about this today. Um, somebody at work, and it is quite interesting actually the way they set out the um the the. The, the font on the on the screen when you were doing the opening credits using the Indiana Jones cards and stuff like that. I thought that was quite a nice touch. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, there's, there's loads, there's loads of things like that. Yeah. I thought there were some really nice subtle touches. It just they were massively overshadowed by the rest of the film. I mean, that's kind of one of the advantages you have of having George Lucas producing is you've got the open book on on Lucasfilm. So you want to yeah. riff on Indiana Jones, go for it. Basically, yeah. at this point, you want to riff on anything in popular cinema if you're in the mid '80s and you've got George yeah. Lucas involved. Exactly. If it's not his property, he's buds with whoever's property it is. So it's but yeah. you want it, you want some Spielberg stuff, fine. You want some Scorsese stuff, fine. Do yeah. whatever you want. They're all in a big fucking club together at this point, so yeah. they can do whatever they want. Um, but but yeah, that that poster is just like it, it's a fucking egg in space yeah. with a beak coming out of it and it almost it, it kind of almost riffs on the alien poster which yeah, has nothing that. to do with anything and then you've got the Raiders of the Lost Ark logo and it's I, it's just so fucking weird it's almost selling itself as a spoof it's definitely selling itself as a comedy on the poster yes. even though it's called Howard a new breed of hero yeah um just weird and, and you know at this point you know we didn't have the kind of comic book saturation that we have now either so 90 percent of the audience wouldn't be aware that it's based on a comic book no um which is probably just as well because it's fucking nothing like the comic um or strip more than book to be honest yeah, I, I, um, I've, but i've never read any of it i've got to be honest i've never read any how to that I, I I'm not I'm not really well versed in howard the duck uh, I do know a little of the character I can't say I've ever read anything specific but I, I do know a little of it and i know that it's um it's quite meta it, it does it it's a lot of commentary on actually society and stuff as well which they kind of try and do uh in the I early half of this film but they do it very bad and then just forget about it yeah so, i mean I, I will say though i mean the um the diner scene whereby they they uh, and we'll get to it probably later but where they try and lynch him it's like that's very america at the moment uh yeah, yeah very 40, 40 years later <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I watched this uh, last week, the day after everything was going on in the capital. So to put a just to put a date stamp on this recording uh, yeah. and the time I watched this, um, I, yeah, I was watching it uh, just as as stuff was still unfolding, really. Um, but but yeah, so it, that was my first note. Actually, was before I even put this on, I picked my book up. I've written Howard the Duck for a title, and straight underneath, I can picture the poster. I will never forget this poster. Yeah. Um, so, okay, um, the director is William Huck. I believe it's pronounced Huck. Something like that, yeah. um, Never did any other single thing of note after this. This It's just buried him. Well, um, I mean, if, if you look at the team behind us, you've got Lucas um, producing it, um, and then you've got uh, he directed, and I can't remember the name of the producer, but the, the producer and the director co-wrote it. Yeah, now I've got a feeling, and my knowledge might be sketchy on this, so IMDB it out there, listeners, and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. You can write in and call me an idiot if you want. I've got a feeling William Huck wrote Temple of Doom or was at least co-credited as a writer on Temple of Doom. Right. I wouldn't, like, I wouldn't 100% swear by it, but in the dark recesses of my brain, I'm pretty sure he did. Um, Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I may have to look that one up. Which, you know, also in that case wrote the second worst Indiana Jones film. So, you know, uh, depending on who you ask, uh, it might even be the worst Indiana Jones film. But that's a conversation for another recording. Um, I fucking hate Temple of Doom. Well, I know I hate it. It's still an Indiana Jones film. It's just yeah. I was say no, it's... it's not a fucking Indiana Jones. Uh, look, uh, don't get me started. <laughs> don't get me started. This isn't an Indiana Jones podcast. Um, 
Don't get me started. Okay. Yeah, Gloria so, Katz was the, was the producer. Gloria Katz was the, was the yeah. producer. Yeah, yeah. And and Lucas. And this was really Lucas's first, I guess, big taste of failure. Like, yeah, yeah. obviously, that I mean, it, in fact, it's really his only massive failure, I think. Because, even you know, even the Star Wars prequels, like, I know they, people they have their opinion on them. Yeah, exactly. Like... Whereas this thing just completely fell off the face of the earth. Yeah. Um, and, you know, okay, so so we'll dive into that. So we, we've talked about the our history with it, and we've talked about the the production team behind it. But, you know, to get into the film itself, like, the opening, I've got to be fair, I, I think the opening was excellent. I was watching yeah. the opening. I was like, okay, I'm up for this. Like, they really go for it in the opening. You know, they... Hmm. They kind of there's ducks every fucking way. There are like they don't hold back. This isn't like oh we've got one puppet. There are yeah. ducks every fucking way. Well, um, and then, that, even the first couple of shots where he's letting himself into the apartment, and you get no, you, you don't have the reveal straight away. So you get no, you get the shoes, you get the hands and shit. So you don't. Yeah, you know, they, they 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 build you into it quite nicely, and it's quite atmospheric. And you've got the posters, you know, the breeders, the breeders lost egg, and um, the um, the the other poster. I can't remember what it is, but no, it's a. Uh, uh, WC Fields parodies, WC Fowles is the name on the poster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, all that, they, they set up this world quite nicely without you having to see the fucking duck. And yeah, they did and, a really good job of it. And even the character information there as well, like you you like you like said, they, they show you around the apartment and, and it, they kind of almost seem to be, and, and they don't follow this through in the film at all. This isn't a thing that, no. that Howard does or is, but they kind of almost be seem to be setting up this kind of gumshoe vibe it yeah. feels like to me like he's, he's going you know he's he's there with his collar loosened when he eventually reveals when he slumps back in the chair with a drink and his apartment's a tip and yeah. it, it, it just it, it's got a kind of gumshoe kind of feeling to it now that's yeah. not something that carries all the way through the film no, at, at all. all but that's definitely you know it's quite a successful setup for that um, and and then it just gets fucking weird immediately with with his chair just getting sucked yeah. through the fucking. I, I, um, and we have to talk about the duck tits. Yes. Um, like I don't remember that as a kid. I, no. I don't know how I don't remember that. But there is a duck in the bath with her tits out in the opening. With, of this with a hand strategically placed as well. Yeah. Like but, I mean, and that's after we've had play duck. Don't forget. Yeah, I mean, Play Duck, I remember. I specifically remember Play Duck because I, I, I found that, that really funny. Yeah. yeah, but I but, do not remember the duck with her tits out. Yeah, but I mean, and listen, we're talking about the world, and you've got stuff like the, um, you've got the, him chucking the bills on, the, bills on the table, you've got the voicemail messages and shit like that, you've got them. So you get all that, and then you, know, you get his chair, get sucked, no, sucked back through the wall, which I I mean, I, I was watching it thinking, I, I, I knew he came from an alternate version of Earth to, to Earth via, no, via a big fucking laser beam. I'd, at that point, I'd forgotten the chair. I was like, what the fuck is this bit? So, right, okay, that was fine. And then, yeah, you drag, you get dragged through the wall and you've got the old couple in bed. Yeah. Um, and then you've got the, the chick in the bath. And then you've got another one. And then he flies to the wall. Yeah, no, and no, no. Goes, you got the duck in the bath. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry. You set him up, I'll knock him down. You're going to be um, one of those. Um, but yeah, so then he flies through the wall and it gets, it gets uh, sucked up into outer space. That's all fine. That, no, that works really well. And then they say, it's like, oh, okay, you've done that bit now. And the, the tone of it just completely changes at that point. Completely. So then he gets dropped onto Earth. Um, now, we do find out later on what's happened with the chair, but they don't really try and set any sort of mystery up with this whatsoever. It's just like, okay, so he was sat in his chair and then he flew to Earth in his chair. And that's, that's kind of, that's the explanation you get for the first kind of 20 odd minutes of the film. It's yeah. not even like he's running around going, but why my chair? Yeah. Why, <laughs> why not the building? 
Yeah. Why not um, everybody who was between me and that fucking Ray? Yeah. So that's a bit fucking weird. Um, but more weird than that, like there are plenty. Look, we we call out or you normally call out logic discrepancies in this show quite a lot. Yeah, I mean, I, I I tend to call out narrative discrepancies, but first, like the very first one, immediately, like he gets he gets brought down to earth, and there's like this gang of punks essentially that that come on to him, yeah. uh, and you can understand that because he's a fucking you know, they think, yeah, and they think he's probably a kid in a costume or something like that. I can understand them picking on him, but why the fuck do they decide to take him into the club? Well, yeah, it, For what? purpose do they well, it, do it doesn't make any sense because i mean they, I, they 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 sort of shove him into a I know, nerdy looking bloke because you know, he, he's tall gangly has glasses therefore he must be a nerd and let's be picked on because it's the 80s fuck you yeah. 80s um so they they do that you're shoved into the club a bouncer immediately picks him up and chucks him out the back i said like, hang on what the fuck well, there's yeah. no point in any of that there's no need for any of it, it doesn't do anything no nope. uh and that's a recurring theme throughout this film there isn't a lot of point in anything um so we get yeah we get this nonsense in the club and then when things start to turn nasty, we get like Howard turns to camera, breaks the fourth wall and delivers no more Mister Nice Duck. Yeah, which is the point where I just went oh no. Yeah, like like nothing wrong with the line, nothing wrong with the way the scene is going, other than the narrative issue. The problem for me was just that I think had he broken the fourth wall very early on. Yeah, like had we had a gumshoe voiceover for instance over the opening or had he addressed camera when the chair was being sucked through the wall or something yeah. like that had we established it that this was going to be a narrative device then it'll work for a gag like this yeah but it just pull it straight out of the bag here but it just yeah. feels weird and now, th- this was my, this was my problem with it as well is that they it feels weird and it didn't need to do it no he could have been, he could have been talking to himself or talking no, talking no talking to the people who aren't listening to him he didn't need to turn to camera and say, oh, no more, it's a nice stuff. And it happens again and again and again. And you think, well, what is what are you trying to do with that? Okay, if they do it in the comic, that's fine. But it, need, it needs to be a consistent device. You, this is a the thing. They, and, they I mean, do. If, you look at, if you look at Deadpool, the way they do it, yeah, it's 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 very much constant from the start right the way through the two films. But that here, is because they kind of Dead, do yeah, Deadpool's narrated by Deadpool. Yeah. That's the thing. That's it. Whereas here, they kind of go, oh, yeah, I would not to get from point A to point C. I know, let's go by point Z. I yeah. would just turn over here and do it that way. There's no need for it. If this was narrated by Howard from the start, that would work. Yeah. But it isn't, so it doesn't. Um, having said all of that, and, and this is the annoying bit, okay, because if they had just dropped that, I think the quack-foo stuff yeah. is excellent. And, and like, there are parts of this film, don't get me wrong, it is bad, okay? Oh, I think it is. But I also think it's not as bad as people say it is. And yes. I think there are parts of this film... This is a horribly arsy thing to say, but there are parts of this film that the world just wasn't ready for. Mm. And I think it was just a little bit before its time. I think something like Quack Fu would totally fly today now. If we, well, if, if all of a sudden it, Howard the Duck shows up again in the MCU and there's a Quack Fu sequence, which is a thing, Quack Fu is a thing that he does in the comics, okay? Like everybody'd go fucking nuts over it. They'd yeah. lose their fucking minds. It's just at this point, we weren't i mean this is a very minor tertiary comics character yeah. okay in what is at this point an industry that is on its ass nobody gives a shit about comics at this point in time yeah. marvel especially is really on the fucking skids so who gives a fuck 
And I, and I just think, yeah, the 80s wasn't the time for quite yeah. full. And the thing is, I mean, it's not that far removed. I mean, this was 86. When was Darkwing Duck? That was a very early 90s, wasn't it? Yeah, I guess. And that had a... Too, yeah. yeah, and the kind of a similar vibe to that. When some, no, some of the the more family friendly humour, some some of the fighting and stuff like that. That no, that has a very similar feel to it. Yeah, and you think, well, hang on, it's not that far removed, but people remember Darkwing Duck a lot more fondly than Howard the Duck. I think there is a good film in here, um, and, and I think there's it's things like that. I think tonally, if it wasn't so fucking weird, if they could yeah. just decide what this is, yeah, and, and whether. You know, we'll we'll never know, um, and I don't think there's been too much written about it either because it, it bombed. Whether the intent was there in the script for it to be something completely different and perhaps be closer to the comic and to have this kind of fourth wall break in and this societal comment and stuff like that, and then studio involvement just said, "What the fuck is that?" Because again, eighties, okay, they're not they're not ready for Deadpool. Yeah, what the fuck is that? We can't sell it. Give us duck tits. Who knows? Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think if that is the case, that would be a real shame. Because yeah. I think you're right. I think there is a far better film in here than we got. There, there absolutely is. Uh, absolutely. I, I, I enjoy the quack foo sequence. I think it's really good. And actually, still this opening, aside from that issue with, with the punks making no sense taking him to the club, even, you know, okay, we have a bit of nonsense um, then with them escaping the club as well. But then we get, like, the first real conversation between Howard and... Beverly? Yeah, Beverly. Yeah, the, the most punk rock name ever. Yeah, and now, it just... That's what I don't get, right? One of the things I don't get. They're in this, no, this punk club. It's a really fucking rowdy club where the stage is behind a cage so you can't fucking you know, throw bottles and shit. What fucking music are they playing? Because it ain't fucking punk. It ain't punk, is it? No, it ain't. No. And when you um, go back there later on, it's like a fucking power ballad. It's like, hang on, what? Yeah, I do actually quite like the music, though. Um... I, have no, I have no problem with the music, and it doesn't fit the aesthetic. It doesn't fit the look. For the record, the the closing credits are the best two minutes yes. of the entire film, and that song yes. has gone round and round yeah. in my head all week. I've just been walking around going Howard the Duck all yeah. fucking week. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I, 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 I watched it last night, uh, and I've had that going round in circles. I don't sleep much anyway, but when I went to bed last night at about one o'clock, that was just doing a fucking lap. I, I just the, the puppetry in it is excellent as well. He's playing the guitar. They're riffing on Back to the Future, which of course. Yep. Yeah. Of course you're going to do that. Um, just, yeah, excellent. Really good. Um, anyway, so we'll get to that when we get there. We get the Howard and Beverly conversation even, which, oh. you know, we talk about this on Game of Moans a lot. There is a lot of heavy lifting to be done in this conversation. There is a lot of exposition, yeah. especially bearing in mind that most of the audience don't know who this character is. There's a lot of like, who are you? Who is this? Where have you come from? Why are you here? What is your mission? What do you need? There is just this huge exposition bomb, which actually the two of them handle really fucking deftly. And, and it, yes. it is very, very good. They get through a lot of shit very quickly. I mean, it's not it's not slick. They are literally having an expository conversation of why yeah. are you a talking duck? And his answer is like, I don't know. Where yeah. am I? I'm on Earth. Why am I here? I don't know. Who yeah. are you? I'm Beverly. I play in a band. Let's be friends. Let's go and sort this out. It is literally that, but it takes all of three and a half, four minutes. Well, yeah, because you get the fight where no, she, she's fighting off um, would-be muggers or rapists or whatnot yeah. with the player. And then he comes out of the bin. So at this point, he's hiding in the bin because he's terrified. You know, he's, been, yeah, yeah. he's been attacked by the punks and the bikers and everybody else. So he's hiding in the bin. And at this point, I said, we know fuck all about him. Yeah. So the fact he then ducks up, because no, he's not a man, he's a duck. 
you know, he, he comes out, he's like, no, leave, no, leave the girl alone. And he launches into the quack and he kicks the fuck out of him. That's all really good. Yeah. And then you get you get the the, so the, the really, no, so the heavy lift in between the two of them. But then there's a really nice moment where she's like, oh, well, I'm going to go. And she walks off. And so, no, she's looking back at him. He's standing there in the rain. And then he so sort of slowly retreats back under this makeshift shelter. So into the bins and no, into all this other shit where he was hiding. And she just sort of glides backwards. Yeah. And it's a, again, it's a really nice shot. And it's a, it looks, it's it's just really, it's nice and slow, nice and nice and patient. And she gets them this very sweet smile and just sort of gives him a nod, and off they go. I mean, and it, I, it's it's lovely. I've got to be fair. The chemistry between the two of them is yeah. really, you know, we, we talked on Happy Time Murders about how Melissa McCarthy just doesn't know how to be around the puppets, seemingly in that film, yeah. which is weird because you know you you think she would know how to work with puppets, but. Like Leah Thompson it just is is great opposite Howard. Like yes. and, and the chemistry between the two of them. All right, the rest of the cast and her interacting with the rest of the cast with everybody else as well. Yeah, yeah it, it's pretty. But when you get the two of them together, yeah, like like this scene, but this first scene between the two of them in her apartment is 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 quite tender. It's really nice. Like these, they form a very quick connection, which is maybe a little bit of a stretch. But hey, we've got two hours to tell about ten fucking stories. Yeah. And, and to be so, fair, it's, 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 it is a fucking two-hour movie as well. It's a long film. Yeah, well, it is a long film. That's because it's about ten fucking films <laughs> yeah. in one. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, you're right. The, the, the bond between them is very good. It does form very quickly, and okay, you kind of go along with that. Go with it. Go there's, with I mean, there's a, again, there's a nice moment in the apartment where the chair starts shaking again, and he freaks out. And he gets freaks out. Yeah, there's all there's a lot of good so, stuff. Yeah, there's they, no, they, they've worked they've worked on that. They, no, they've they've gone right. Okay, we can build on that. But then again, that's the end of it. It doesn't fucking come up again. No, and so there, there are too many drops like that. We think, okay, no, that, that's going to be a thing. You know, loud noises, you know, anything, you no, know, any heavy vibrations, anything that's going to you know that could freak him out because he, he's on an alien planet. He doesn't know what the fuck anything is. So of course it's going to scare him. This is where you realize how slick the MCU is, and and even the yeah. DCU now as well. You know where these little character flaws would become very important come the end of Act Two, whereas here. They're not at all. And actually, all of the setup is going in. This is the weird thing about this film. Um, and we'll, again, as we go through, we'll talk about the reasons why. But I kind of feel like the first 20 minutes and the last half an hour, 45 minutes, are fucking great. Mm. But then all of the middle is just this fucking mess. It's a mess of filler is the problem. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so, so we get this conversation. We get all that nice stuff set up. And then... Ah, the 80s. Uh, it just so happens that she knows somebody who can help because her friend Phil is a scientist. Before that, uh, uh, there was a point. So um, they have this down the conversation and he falls asleep in the apartment, doesn't he? And she, she's yes. going through his wallet. I get some nice touches with his driving license and the photos and all that sort of stuff. That's all really nice. And then she pulls a condom out and she has a little bit of a tinder. Yeah. Right. Now, this Howard. Is... Yeah. yeah. Okay. So... You, you went, you're you going to the same place that I went. Go so, on. You take so it. So he's an anthropomorphic duck, right? Yeah. Does he still have a corkscrew duck penis? This is the thing. Because, because if he dis- does, that fucking condom's not going to work. We've discussed this at length numerous times, I know. But I am fascinated with with duck penises. They they're like they have these corkscrew penises that shoot out as they fly overhead to, to fuck the lady ducks. Um, and they, they're just these massive long corkscrews. Now, yeah, that is a regular condom. Yes, yeah, so- and not in a wrapper either. No, I, and I mean this. You know, I have that question later on when we have the scene between between the two of them as well, which is all kinds of you. But all that's running through my head is, but how's hang on, how does that work? He's got a corkscrew dick. Like I don't know. Uh, they don't answer that. I mean, but in the same way, like actual lady ducks don't have tits, do they? Whereas right, yeah. the lady ducks in this have actual and tits. Ducks have wings so, and fly, so you know. 
yeah, so who fucking knows, right? Yeah. But um, yeah, that was the thing that, I mean, it, it jumped out straight away, and I'm thinking, hang on, why, why do I even need to think about duck dicks? Because we talk about duck penises far too often. Um, That's true, it's, actually. it's just something that, that we have discussed at length for some reason. I don't know why, numerous times. Yeah. Um, probably my fault. Uh, so, well, this time it's fine. so, yeah, so we get all this exposition, and then, yeah, Phil is a scientist because that's a job, didn't yeah. you know? Science, you do science. You are a scientist. Yeah. <laughs> You're not a biologist or a chemist. Or well, to be a, fair, he wasn't, you know, was he? No, but he you, is you just... See somebody read New Scientist once and went, I know I'm going to be a scientist. But that is, that is just such an 80s move. Like, yeah. that is... A, because science was new and exciting and we well, were on the verge of massive breakthroughs. So a scientist was a voice of authority in the 80s. Well, that's, it reminded me, I don't know why, and I haven't seen it for years, but um, it reminded me of Short Circuit because, again... Everybody, because it was the 80s, so fucking robots were a thing. So there's yeah. always somebody who knew about ro robotics. Yeah, yeah, it's it. it. It's like now it would be far more specific than that. It would be, ah, well, I have a friend who's an expert in extraterrestrial avian species. So let's go. Yeah. It would be that specific now. Yeah. But in the 80s, no. He's a scientist. He does science in. Um, <laughs> and he can help. Um, so, yeah, they go and see Phil. Um, now... This is the point. I didn't call the first one out, actually, but I should have. Way back in the first opening sequence where they're fucking around in the alley, uh, the first real misstep for me with the humour is the Donald Duck impression that he does. Yes. And then we get a second one here. We get two Donald Duck impersonations inside of 20 minutes, and yeah. then they vanish. Now, I do know the Disney in me knows that they got into a lot of hot water with Disney over this film, um, just because of the fact that he looks a bit like Donald Duck, essentially, because he's a fucking duck. He's a duck. Um, <laughs> he's a talking duck, you know. There's only so far you can go with it. It's different. So, they're, I mean, they're, they're, they're chancing it a bit with these. Um, they, they are pushing it with these Donald references, so they did two and then left it there. Um, they'd have been better off pulling a Daisy reference with the slutty duck in the bath, to be honest, because we all know yeah. she's a tramp. Um, anyway... <laughs> So we get to meet science guy, Phil the science guy, and it's Tim Robbins who is giving possibly the worst performance of his entire career. Quite um, possibly, yeah. He is just, he's not just pitching for the stores. Like, I think he wants to hit the ball back to Howard's fucking home planet. Well, the thing, like, I mean, the thing I don't get, I mean, obviously, I wasn't around at the time. I, I was very young when this was made, so not have very little reference, but it, it seems like an odd choice of cat, an odd casting choice, Tim Robbins. Really weird, but I mean, I mean, it was early days, so. But I mean, you know, if, if you look at, so, given the size of the role as well, it was probably a money issue. But you look at, you no, know, the size of the, the look at the role. You look at who's involved. You no, know, Lucas is involved. So he's going to be able to do whatever the fuck he wants, get whoever the fuck he wants. Somebody like fucking Steve Martin or Rick Moranis, you know, these people who were around and you know, and doing well, the fucking work. This is the weird thing, okay, because, and it's interesting you went to Rick Moranis there because I've actually written that on my next note. I, why, I mean, Tim Robbins is basically doing Rick Moranis. Yeah. So why didn't you just get Rick Moranis? Yeah, because I, I if that's what you wanted, just just get Rick Moran. Like it's like you said, it's George Lucas. It's not like he couldn't have got Rick yeah. Moranis. And, and I mean, if it's an availability issue, then okay, you, are, you know, get you know direct Tim Robbins to do the character as Tim Robbins, not as fucking Rick yeah. Moranis. Or or get Martin Short instead. Yeah. Or just if that's if that's the kind of energy you want, yes, then go for that. <laughs> don't don't get Tim Robbins, who bless him, 
it just clearly has. We, we said Leah Thomas is really good with with Howard. She's about the only person that is, or apart from uh, Jeff Jones later on, yes. is very good as well with with the puppets. But other than that, it's clear that every member of the cast has no fucking idea how to react to this puppet because they yeah. just pitch like they're talking to a fucking two year old. Oh yeah, and completely. It's absolutely ridiculous. Like you cannot buy any of the performances in this film. Poor old Tim Robbins just doesn't know what the fuck he's meant to do when it's clear. No. And, um, and, and that's it's one of the I don't I can't recall many, if any, other comic performances from Tim Robbins, and probably for good reason. Not to this level, anyway. Um, so this he's done some more subtly comic, yeah. blackly comic, but not, but not to this fucking. Yeah, level. never an out and out comedy. Never out and out comedy. No, well, well, not not where he's talking to fucking anthropomorphic ducks anyway um so we and then we get some more stuff then like they have the scene and and they explain the kind of uh he kind of uses Cro-Magnon man and then Cro-Magnon duck and explains that's all fine again more exposition but to be honest we don't need it at this point because we kind of we've worked that out for fuck's sake so now you're just wasting time. Um, and then they have this uh, this kind of go outside because Howard's having a fucking tantrum and they're having well, this I thought mean, out that it doesn't even, work. Even before that, you get no, you get this reveal that actually, you know, he's like a fucking junior lab technician or something. He's, no, he's yeah, not a yeah. scientist. He's, no. And you know, all, all the big boys are picking on him because then you feel a bit sorry for him and you, you want things to work out for him. Yeah. Like, for fuck's sake, you know, just, you, none of that is necessary because then, none of it pays off. No, none of it pays off. Um, and, and actually, this is the point where I've written, I've got a note I'm going to swing back around to with Howard, but I, I've written literally here, the novelty of this is wearing off now because nothing is happening. Yeah. Like we're, we're 20 odd minutes in and nothing is happening. And the novelty of it being a duck puppet has worn off for me yeah. now. I, I need some fucking story. And like you said, we set it up 10 minutes ago. Yeah, we've, we've, we've set it up more than once. That's the problem. Yeah, and now we're... That was going nowhere. But the but the thing that's really starting to annoy me here as well is we have this scene with Tim Robbins and then he has a bit of a falling out with Beverly as well because it's not going his way yeah. and they kind of go the separate ways. And Howard just talks to himself. He he's it, he's thinking out loud basically as mm. he's just wandering around, saying exactly what he feels. Yeah. He is talking in exposition. And again, if he's if the intent is to break the fourth wall, just give him a fucking voiceover. Yeah, like I, I don't understand because this doesn't fucking work. No, I mean there's some there's some nice bits in this scene where no they they are they are having their little um, their little barn you know, outside the uh, outside the science place. Um, I can't remember if it was a museum or a lab or what it was, but they're having their little barney by the fountain. And a group of kids come up and think he's an exhibit, and he basically tells them to fuck off. I like yeah. that because I'd love to tell a group of kids to fuck off. Um, yeah. But you know, so that was fine. And the guy looking, you know, the guy who's eating a sandwich, looking, and he sort of you know, scares him off. So that's all. That's all fine. That's great. Their argument goes, no, it escalates quicker than a fucking no, married couple. Um, you know, it's it, it's a proper argument over who's, you know, who hasn't done the dishes. And then she storms off. I don't need you anyway. So he, he then goes on this thing. He's talking to himself. So he decides, that having been here less than 24 hours, the thing he needs to do is get a job. Well, here's the no, thing, not, right? Not find a way home. Not find out what, where he is, what he's doing, how he got there, how he gets home. No, I'm going to go to the fucking job centre. Now, here's the exact problem with the whole film is it's not actually about anything. And you're dead right, because our mission here is obviously for Howard to find his way home. And that's kind of vaguely referenced a few times, but never to the point where there's any obstacle put in the way or never to the point where it needs to become a thing for him. So, yeah, she stormed off. His primary thing, like, why is he here and how does he get home? Yeah. Like these, it, it, That's got to be it. That's what the, like, the film's got to be. 
yeah, this this thing writes its fucking self, right? Okay. Um, but instead of that, we just get the next 20, 25 minutes. I, I literally I've got one note over the next 20 odd minutes because the next one I've written is with 40 minutes in and nothing has happened. So I'm not fucking but there's there's a couple of things like this there's the dialogue everybody is talking in exposition at this point yeah. now that's all we are doing is talking in exposition for all the good stuff we had earlier on it's all being undone immediately here because everybody's just saying exactly what they think and feel and what yeah. needs to happen to move the story uh and for those of you not on video i did just do quotation marks because <laughs> there is no story at this point to move the story forward now my other note and I don't know. Maybe you can enlighten me on this, listeners. Maybe you know, Mark. Um, astrophysics. Is that a thing? Or Not does that, that, that like sound made up to me? <laughs> astrophysics, maybe? I that, don't know. That sounds made up to me. Yeah. Astrophysics. Yeah, that, I mean, that's fucking nonsense. But I mean, we, we get, I mean, we get this thing as well. So, you know, he, he goes and he goes to the job centre. He, he's, dre- no, he's dressed however he's dressed. He's got a fucking stupid hat on. Bit of a fucking hipster Ooh. vibe to him. Gets Stop this... you there before I forget. Stop you yeah. there before I forget. Actually, um, I said about people talking to the puppets. The lady in the job center gives one of the best performances in this entire fucking film. She does. Yeah. She's superb. Yeah. Um, I, I forgot to look up who, who that was, actually. So but did yeah. I. And excellent. I wish I had now because she's yeah, excellent. excellent but yes, yeah, so we get this thing. He, he's got this fucking hipster vibe. He's got his sunglasses, his little fucking beret, and all the rest of it. And she's like, Yeah, I see what you're doing. You're dressing like a twat. So you think I won't be able to get you a job and you can live on welfare. Well, fuck that. I'm going to get you a job. So the next thing you know, he turns up in this fucking wash and wang somewhere. It's like, hang I on, mean, yeah. How, how 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 many of those? How many adult entertainment places actually advertise in the job centre for a start? Uh, yeah, and, and more importantly than all of that, like, yeah, as you say, there's the decision to go and find himself a job. In what version of this story is that the right way to go? Like, he's literally, as you say, been on the planet twenty four hours. Should be worried about how to get home. Yeah. All right, so he doesn't have much of a life back on his home planet. We established that, but in that case, he needs to make that decision early on. Like, I like Earth. I'm gonna stay. Yeah. Or actually, you know what? It might be a, sh- a bit of a shit existence. It might be a bit humdrum, but it's still home. I need to go. Exactly right. So it needs to be one or t'other. It either needs to be I'm gonna stay here, and then you have this situational comedy about how he needs he's to find different jobs. Yeah, and, and he's got to. He's got to realize that actually the best way to assimilate into human culture is to just be himself and be the best duck that he can be. And there's that story. Or there's the story of, which is the one they're going for, but seem to forget of, I don't belong here. Why am I here? I need to get home. Yeah, how do I get Uh, out of here? But he just doesn't bother even looking for that. As you say, he goes and works in a fucking dodgy sauna somewhere. Yeah. Um, and, and again, that whole sequence is quite funny. We get you no know, gratuitous tits. We you know we get the scene with the manager where he you know chucks him in the fucking um, in the in the sauna in the jacuzzi, and then you know, and then Howard pushes him into this, into a sluice tank. All that's funny, but there's no fucking point in any of it. No, like I say, I've literally I've written no notes because I've just gone from that to a stroll of physics, and then I've gone like we're forty minutes in. Nothing has happened. There is no threat. There's no agency. Not, it's just a bunch of bad jokes for well, like this is 10, it. I mean, five minutes. Yeah, I mean, from this point, you go on. So you, you know, you have the more or less nothing. So he goes back to the club to find uh, Beverly. Yeah. And so we get the altercation with their manager and uh, the supposed heavy who looks like he's you know, four stone soaking wet. Um, so you get all of that and you get the fight scene now. Again, the fucking song doesn't match the place. It's a, you know, the, the music is fine. I, you know, I, I, I quite like the song, but it doesn't fit at all. Nope. And then you get this, you know, this, this fight scene, which is a bit crap. And how it's trying to be a bit menacing, where he's like, I'll, I'll, I'll make another hole for an earring on the other side. That's all fine. 
But again, the, the threat is very temporary. And we've seen this before because we had the quack and the punks right back yeah. at the start. You're just treading old ground. Yeah. And yeah, there's no tangible threat there. So, but anyway, that's that's what happens. We get that. They get back together, get back to the apartment, and then fucking hell, we get this <laughs> bed. Yeah. Like, no, I mean, I... It's, it's weird to the point, like, it bypasses funny altogether. And yeah. just lands in ill. It's, it's like... really awkward. I mean, I I used this scene probably a year ago. A, a colleague of mine um, asked about how to duck because obviously it came up in I think it was Guardians Two, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, oh, maybe Thor Two. Maybe that. I think it was Guard the first Guardians. I think he shows up at the end, doesn't he? It's one of them. Whichever one it is. Um, yeah. So she was asking who it was, and I was going to explain it. And there there aren't a great number of clips on Tinderweb of this film apart yeah. from this scene because it's the most memorable. For obvious reasons, um, so and so I put this on, and it was just really uncomfortable because you know this is a woman in her in her fifties who I work with, and we're sat at my computer in the office watching um, Leah Thompson almost get it on with a duck, and she is, and look, we we bring this up on the other shows as well, and and look, Leah Thompson looks really fucking good in this film, but she is just gratuitously oh absolutely breast no. here. The, the like, thing is, I mean, it's it's bizarre because. You get this, this the scene again. It's, it's a bit hit and miss. There's there's the bit where she you no know, she comes out of the bathroom and she's she's in a robe which is open and she's you no know, she's she's got the very you know, very uh, skimpy underwear and all that sort of stuff. And there's this almost flirtation which hasn't been based on anything. There's been you no know, there's been no sign of attraction. There's been no sign of any you no. Know, there's a bit of chemistry there. There's nothing. There's been nothing to suggest that she's anything other than they're getting on really well. Yeah. Then all of a sudden it dials up to about forty, and you know it looks very much like they're gonna fuck. Oh, it goes from north to hundred in seconds. Yeah, it's it, and then so you get you no, know, you get it, and you no, know, he again, he's there, he's 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 he's, he's flirting as well, and it's you no, know, it's it's progressing, and then all of a sudden he sits on the bed next to her, and she you no, know, and she, she really moves in for it, and he freaks out. I said, hang on, that I would understand if you hadn't just spent the last five minutes flirting, how he spent the last forty-five minutes fucking ignoring each other. Yeah, and it just doesn't seem consistent with his character either, because up no. until this point, he's been quite cocky, quite arrogant, mm-hmm. so he'd be all over that. The real issue I have with it, though, besides the fact it's it's just all kinds of you, and I'm thinking about the corkscrew duck penis, and and just all of this, it's all horrible. But the real problem is that actually what this does is Boyle Beverly, who up until now has been a, quite an interesting character, actually. You know, she's yeah. in the band and stuff like that, and she's trying to make it out on her own and things like that. It literally boils Beverly's character down to, I need a man. She yeah. practically says it. She practically says... she does say it, doesn't she? Yeah, I think she does. She's, it boils her character down to, yes, I've put it in quotation marks, I need a man. Yeah, because she, you know, she's talking about her, she's talking about her life, and then she lays back on, on the pillow, and she says, uh, no, I, oh, I just need a man. And then he does a, no, he uh, has a, a response with, no, does it have to be a man or something like that? And again, it's just, no, it ramps up this stuff between them, which you know, has come out of fucking nowhere and will disappear again and never be mentioned again. Um, and yeah, it says, hang on, there's, so all of a sudden you are completely diminished. Now, your your entire character is just there to service him. Yeah. Um, I, Not I, literally. So that, yeah, that's horrible. Well, that that's the thing, right? To take it as it's as it's played, ignoring the horrible character development for her. To take it as it's played. Again, we're going for this bawdy, sex comedy kind of vibe, and she's running around in her underwear and stuff. Like that whole thing, as it was, it is, could have worked and could have paid off if they'd have just followed through yes. on the next scene where everybody bursts in and you get the silhouette. Like you've gone to the trouble of all of that setup. 
Yeah. So why do you not follow through? Just go full on Austin Powers with it. Like, yeah. how, how do you not follow through on this now? Yeah. I mean, to the point where you could even bust the corkscrew penis out if you wanted at this point. Like, don't have him actually fuck her, but he could get a corkscrew out or something to open a bottle of wine. Or I, I don't know. Yeah. Whatever you want to do. Like, they could be putting things in and out of various orifices in shadow. She could be going down on him. He could be going down on her. There's all, like, but they don't go for any of it. No, they and don't go for something... it. The only time they do anything like that is when um, she's with the the Overlord in in the in the HGV later on, when yes. he has a tentacle to molest the um, the cigarette lighter. Yeah, that's like, that's the only time they ever do anything. Well, hang on, you've you've again, you've done all this setup, so why not go for it? Why yeah. is that the only thing? And it, I don't know whether it's a line, whether whether Lucas is going, hang on, we don't want to, we don't want to touch that, we don't want to go near that, or in which case, don't. Don't, don't bring set it up. Yeah, and I'm not suggesting they actually have sex. What I'm suggesting yeah, no. they do is a bunch of perfectly innocent stuff in silhouette, which to well, everybody yeah. that's watching looks... Again, you go full-on Austin Powers with yeah. it. It's all perfectly innocent stuff. Yeah, and it's, it's all it's perspective. It's, you know, it, it, yeah. it's an easy way to do it. And it's, it's an easy laugh, but you get, you, you get a scene that has a bit more impact than just the real fucking creepiness that is them not getting on. It's just horrendous. Um and then but, obviously you get three guys who just you know, happen to walk in. Yeah, three guys walk in, and within seconds, I would say, of, of appearing, Jeffrey Jones is already the best thing in this entire film. Yeah. Like, within seconds of walking on screen, like, oh, look, it's an actual actor. Okay, yeah. <laughs> great. Well, the performer showed up. That's the disappointing <laughs> thing, because you've got Tim fucking Robbins there as well. Look, Leah Thompson's no slouch either, and I say she's... She's pretty good in this. She, to be fair, with with Howard, she's pretty good. With everybody else, she's atrocious. Jeffrey Jones. But again, is I mean, just... I, I mean, the thing with that, you look at it and you think, well, hang on, we we know that she's we know that she's good from other things she's done. So what is it that's that's letting her down here? Is it the script? Yes. Is it the direction? Quite probably. And you think, well, hang on, how how do you get to that point? And you think, well, hang on, this is done. It's no, you look at the sports teams, but no, they, they go on a winning run and then all of a sudden they start losing. They don't automatically become bad players overnight. Just suddenly no, there's, there's something that's not quite clicking or not quite gelling. And that's, it seems to be what it is here for a lot of people. You've got some quality fucking actors and they're just not taking to it. Now, whether it's because it's a fucking duck puppet movie, I don't know. But no, you, 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 you take the money, you, get, you, you, you take your check, and you, you sign on for it, then you do the fucking job, surely. I think this is going to be a controversial opinion, but I'm going with it anyway. That's um, like you. Yeah. I think part of the issue here as well is, you know, I don't know what, what capacity Lucas was involved as a producer, but one of the people that you go into on, on the line for this, if you're not sure about something, is George Lucas. And let's be honest, Lucas's track record with storytelling and knowing what works and what doesn't, and what's cheesy and what isn't, and what's necessary and what isn't. Mm see the prequel trilogy um, yeah for me at this point we're 15 years ahead of the prequel trilogy so i know i know but well again i mean you know let, look, let's let's call a spade a spade here okay american graffiti was great mm. that's all i got <laughs> that's, that's, that's all i got all right like look he gave us star wars and a hats off him for that but has he given us the best star wars stuff no absolutely not don't even pretend he did okay because all of the best star wars he's had no involvement in well that's so, how he he, he, he he oversaw a lot of clone wars didn't he him and dave filoni uh, don't kid yourself that was filoni lucas just went off you go off you go i, I uh, don't know i mean I, I, they, they, they're a bit i mean 
yeah, you you look at the the prequel trilogy, and I don't hate a lot of that. There's there's bits in it which are fucking awful. There are bits in it I quite like, and then you think, well, all right, well, the the, the sequel trilogy is fuck all to do with him anyway. So I, I I tend to give him a I tend to give him a slight pass on a lot of things, but then you look, well, we all look, give him a pass. We all give him a pass. You look at you look at some you look at some things. As you say, you look at this. You hang on. Why? I like you don't know. I I can't work out for the life of me why the fuck he's involved in this film anyway. Uh, because money, I guess, and puppets and space, and he he must have thought it was a good idea. Yeah, I mean, you know, somebody like why did this get made? Somebody thought it was a good idea. Well, yeah, and and as we say all the time, you know, a lot of people poured their heart and soul into this. Yeah, just you know, we, we, you know, I, I I hate to pull this stuff down because making anything is fucking hard, especially at this level. But this just doesn't work for a lot of reasons. Um, I don't think anybody's phoning it in, not for a second. It's the complete opposite. If anything else, a lot of people are far too fucking excited to be in this fucking film. <laughs> I, but, Again, especially, especially, especially a lot of these of the, the speaking extras, like in the diner and in the club. Oh yeah, they're having a fucking whale of a time. Definitely, I, I think this is the difference when Jeffrey Jones shows up. Is he just seems to instantly know? I mean, he's a character actor anyway, isn't he? Let's be honest. So you know, he's a guy that you go to for this kind of role. But he shows up and he just instantly knows why he's there and what he needs to do. And he just fucking nails it from from the out all the way down to, you know, straight away from the outset, all the way down to his transformation and everything. Absolutely nails it. As I said, terrified me as a kid. Yeah. Um, just, no, just nails it. It reminded me, and I, so I, I mean, I saw Men in Black first, but the first Men in Black with Very the much so. Very much who, so. I can't remember the actor there, but it's very similar uh, it's, performance. It's Vincent D'Onofrio. Um, Edgar in the bug suit. Uh, yeah, very, very. Yeah, very similar performance. Um, very, very, very much so. Yeah, very uh, effective. Uh, and it's the yeah. best thing in the fucking film. Oh, by a country fucking mile. Um, so he shows up and then we we get a funny gag. Like we get the big expository bomb and everything. And then it ends with any questions. Yes. Where are my pants? Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Like, that's really fucking funny. Where's like, where was that pacing for yeah. the last 20, 30 minutes. Why why could this scene have not happened more or less straight after the fallout with, with Tim Robbins? Like, why do we have to yeah. have all of the fucking around in the middle, okay? Yeah. Any questions? Yes, where are my pads? And it feels like there's momentum, and, w- and we're off a little bit now. Yeah, now uh, all of a sudden we're starting the story. This is the thing. And then this back hour or so, it's kind of fine. Like, it's got problems, but there's a story now, and there's well, a tangible threat, and Howard has a mission, but the problem is... We haven't really set it up in the first in the yeah. first act. And like, this is the thing. I mean, listen, we had we had that so first twenty minutes where everything works out quite well, and then we get a good thirty, thirty-five, possibly no, as much as forty minutes where fuck all happens. Yeah, and we no, we don't get introduced to our quest. We don't get introduced to anything apart from Tim Robbins being a bit fucking goofy. Yeah, um, and you think, all right, okay, well, you could instead of doing that for forty minutes, you could have put in, I don't know, ten minutes of groundwork. Set up the fucking mission. Set yeah. up, set up the main story. Your film doesn't seem to quite. I mean, I I sat down. So I didn't start this at eleven o'clock last night. So I, I mean, you're near of one by the time it finished. I was on my ass. Mm. And you could have quite easily. And it's it's a gripe I have with met with films. A lot of films nowadays when you go to the cinema, and they're running at two twenty, two thirty. You no can need. Easy, you can strip out half an hour quite easily. And you could have done it with this film and, and ran it at I don't know just just shy of ninety minutes. And it would have been a far better film. At 90 minutes, if you strip out, for a start, that 20 minutes of fucking around at the job centre and stuff. Yeah. At 90 minutes, I think this is a 
it's not it's a good film, but it's definitely an entertaining film and it will be spoken about a lot more positively. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, there's even things like because the setup hasn't hasn't been done because we've wasted all that 20 minutes. You know, the, the initial thought here now is we end Jesus Christ Act 1 yeah. this far into the yeah, fucking yeah, film. Yeah, just show over an hour. Like the initial sort of heft that kicks us off into Act Two is that Howard's going back home. They found a way to send send him home, but, or, or at least they found how he got here. That's not, that's not yeah. like a starting point. But but there's no real kind of emotional heft to him leaving. Like he gets his his kind of you know he's going to leave and stuff like that. But he hasn't done anything or formed any kind of real tangible bonds with anybody. No, he's only known Beverly for like two days, three days. So yeah, but I mean not only that. I mean. He hasn't had the time to form any sort of tangible attachment here, but there's we've had nothing in the build-up. I say the build-up, I mean the really fucking slow bit in the middle of Act One that suggests he actually wants to go home. He likes his home. There's yeah, anything there exactly, for him? Exactly, exactly. So, so that's weird. Uh, we do get another really good gag though, like a spit take gag for me when they they're going into like the the research base type thing, and they've got the barriers yeah. in the way, and Howard just walks underneath the barrier. That was genius. Yeah, like. Yeah. Really fucking funny because he's so small. He just walks straight underneath the I mean, barrier. You've got that. And you've got the one as well where they drive up to it um, and set the barriers up. What do I do? Fucking drive through it. Yeah. It's so obvious. But it's like, how many people would actually stop when there's a scooter gate? I've got to stop, even if it's up. Yeah. And it's just um, so fucking stupid. Yeah. Really, really good. Um, and, and like I said, from from here on out, I feel like this is the proper start of the film. You know, it starts to we they've got the conversation. Yeah, where they're all in the van and they've got Jeffrey George on as well, and they're having a discussion. This, and they use lines like, well, what if we brought something else down this time? And you start to get this tangible sort of yeah, dread of, creeping yeah, in. Like there's there's a bit something... of a threat there. And, and all of a sudden now, Howard is going to have to fight something. And it, and it started, but and there's no reason for him to fight them, but he is, you know, he's our hero, so he's going to. Um, and, it, and it's starting to, to look up here, but it's just taken us too long to get to this point. Um and then, you know, we, we said that Jeffrey Jones is the best thing in the film. We now also meet the the Flatfoots, the police officers, yeah. who are just the worst bunch of performers. I yes. and, and you know, you know I hate to criticize people unnecessarily, but these performances are abysmal. Yeah. There is no other word for these performances. I mean, they these are, are these the ones who read, shocking. These are the ones who read the script and went, really, this is what I'm doing? I need yeah, a new agent. Yes, these are definitely phoning it in. Like, I, it's, I don't like know. Even, even the detective, you know, I mean, you, you get worse. The, He's a fucking I mean, worse. I see you get, no, you get the, generally you'd find, okay, well, you get the, you get the, uh, fucking, what they're the, the patrolmen, the, the, the irregular coppers in uniform. They're going to be shit because, you know, their rank and file numbers, one through ten, and you move there, you move there, you do this, you do that. Nobody really gives a fuck what you're doing as long as you're not standing still looking at the camera. Yeah. The detective comes in and he's he should be some some way of you know, some way of incitement. He should be the one who says, right, okay, this is what's happening now. You know, I am the I am the tangible threat to Howard at this point. Yeah. Because I I want to arrest him. I want to put him in a lab. Once we once they ascertain he's not a midget in a suit because they go and fucking molest him. Um, no. Once once you get to that point, he should be the tangible threat. So you get this thing of oh shoot to kill. That shouldn't be coming from uniformed officer. That should be coming from the person leading it. Yeah. He's escaped. He's 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 a terror. He's blown up this lab. He's an alien. He's armed. No, that should be coming from him. But instead, we get fuck all from him. Now here's here's the thing as well. Okay. Um, yes, the lab blows up and stuff like that. And Howard happens to be there. Hmm. But I mean, it's pretty fucking spurious to go from that to the basically a full on duck hunt, as they call it, full on yeah. manhunt. 
Like, nobody questions why the police just instantly go, it's Howard's fault, kill him. You like, know what it is, isn't he? Because he's, he's for an it. alien. Yeah, oh, I know. I know. I get it. But I need a bit more than that. Well, <laughs> but this is it. And um, not only that, let's look at it in terms of sheer, you know, what happened in sheer logic. He was being arrested. Leah Thompson stole the fucking gun and pointed at a cop. Yep. But why he, are they not chasing her? Why Exactly, right? Because she's a blonde but, white lady. Yeah. But here's the whole thing, is that this, like you said, this 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 arc, this this detective and, and his side of the story has got somewhere to go, okay? He is a tangible threat. So why not, in the start of the first act, after we have the fight with the punks and the fight at the bar, why not have an APB on Howard at that point? Yeah. And then it's a race against time to get back to the lab and find somebody yeah. who can send him home. And then all of a sudden... Act two starts a lot earlier. And yeah. this, as it should be, and as it's really intended to be, but isn't because nothing has happened, this becomes your act two midpoint, yeah. where all of a sudden there's a crisis and we have to write. This is just basics. This is writing by numbers. Yeah. Okay. So why not do that? Why not have the. And you can have the police then as a threat all the way through. You build them in, a, in that first act, follow all the way through. At the end, they can come good and help Howard vanquish the evil overlord. Not hard, okay? No. But that's not what we do. They, we, we decide we're starting Act 2 here instead for some random yeah. fucking reason. However, now it's started, police aside, you know, it's not too bad. We get this scene with Jeffrey Jones and Leah Thompson in the van, and they're good together. Yeah. As They're both good actors. They're good together. They, this is the only time two actors, actual actors, interacting is any good in this film. Yeah. Um, these two together. Um, and some good lines as well. You know, when Evil has landed... Um, and, and, and he starts building up and he keeps saying, you know, there's something inside of me. I'm transforming. And it, it's fucking scary. It, it like, is, I can see why it scared it. me as a kid. The thing that bugged me with it, right, is that he's doing all this. And he's at this point, he's carrying the fucking film. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and he's not. He showed up. And he's like, oh, yeah, no, there's something inside. I, I can feel myself turning. And the response is, oh, go and find a bathroom. Go and take yeah. a shit. I said, it's it's diminishing the no, the only tangible threat we have is being completely diminished and it would help i mean if those lines were funny that might help but yes. they're not so just let let this be what it wants to be and it i think somewhere along the line i think what they wanted to go for here is kind of sci-fi horror comedy they wanted to go for a kind of i think vaguely you mentioned men in black like a vaguely men in black ghostbusters evolution kind of vibe where it's just yeah. you know you've got this this threat and, and it, there's comedy involved with it they, they want to go for that but they've just got the balance totally wrong because what we've had yeah. is an hour of mostly a funny comedy yeah and now we're going to have an hour of sci-fi adventure um and and they haven't gelled them together uh, yeah. Having said that, they they pull into the diner and instantly, at like I'm I'm a kid again. They pull into that diner and I'm thinking, oh my god, this fucking scene terrified me as a kid. Yeah. It's the first thing I thought, and it it's a fucking good scene from here it on. Is. There are some good stuff. Um, the waitress needs special mention in the diner. She's fucking superb. Yeah. Um, one of the best actors in the film along with the, the job center lady uh, she is better than most of the cast and yeah. i mean the fucking principal cast here not the extras yeah she is excellent um and jeffrey jones is great as well doing his slow kind of by this point he's he's more or less transformed his voice yeah. is different he's he's got a lot of mannerisms he's throwing very very good performance the problem is though He's spending an awful lot of time explaining his evil scheme whilst sat in a diner, casually having some food. Yeah. 
Like, I, that doesn't make any sense to me. Shouldn't he be getting on with conquering the planet? Well, yeah, that's it. And I mean, I don't know whether it's whether it's because he's just transforming. He had no, he hasn't turned yet, or he hasn't fully turned. Or he, no, he, and he says about his, his powers and his strength are returning and stuff. Like that. So, no, maybe it is just a case of he's biding his time. But at that point, talk about the fucking weather. Yeah, you don't spell out your evil scheme. Um, there's a nice, there's a, a, again, there's a nice gag in this scene where you're gonna, you're gonna, the, the you're edge. gonna put the gag I got. Yeah, it's best gag it, of the film. It's brilliant, but it doesn't fit in this scene. It doesn't belong in this scene because this scene is where the tension is ramping up. Yeah. Oh no, actually, no. You're you're about where she brings him out, and Howard sees the egg and starts yeah. going on about the fact. That's good. The best gag in the film, and it's down to Jeffrey Judge's performance as well, is when she takes him away and he oh, just yeah, she, took my eggs. she took my eggs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fucking hilarious. Again, because um, and it's again because it's so out of nowhere, it's so out of left field, it doesn't fit with what's going on in the rest of the scene. Yeah. And as it's funny, and oh, as a as a concept, yeah, serving it no serving a duck eggs is brilliant, but it doesn't fit. Yeah. And I, it's, it's my big problem with the, with this it's one of my big problems with the film is that Bits where they, no, where they should have done, no, where they should have focused on the, the humour and the comedy, they miss. And when they should be ramping up tension, building up drama, building up the action, they then go for the gag. And it's, it just rips the pace right out of it. And I, I'm okay with them balancing that and going for the gags. And as I say, you know, Jeffrey Jones' punchline is fucking brilliant because he delivers it in that voice as well. And he's yeah, really, like, you believe he's going to murder her when she takes him away. Um the, the problem is, again, it, it's just the narrative misstepping of, like, if he's going to sit at the diner and have a discussion with him, mm. okay, it, he either, like, he spelled out his evil scheme, but he's doing it in such a casual, friendly way that it kind of doesn't work. He's just, I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to do this. And they're listening to him as though, like, because they, they know that he's transformed as well, and they listen, and nobody's thinking, maybe we should stop this. What needs to happen is he's from another planet. Howard's from another planet. His initial move has to be... Howard, you need to help me. We need yeah. to bring down the rest of the evil overlords. We're going to enslave the human race. And then Howard gets to have his... Because this is the other problem, is Howard and, and the overlords, other than the overlord is evil and Howard's not, have no real direct connection. There's yeah. no beef thing. So if at this point then Howard can be like, actually... I've been here for a couple of days. And, and this is where all of this stuff from earlier on in working and making friends and all of that, this is where this all pays off. If he just, if you just throw a scene in here where he's like, actually, I've been here a couple of days. Earth's not so bad. These people are nice. They don't deserve to die. Yeah. So why don't you fuck off? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then the two of them, and then you can escalate this bit of threat between them instead of having the redneck brawl of the diner, which, don't get me wrong, is good and, again, fucking terrifying when he lets loose. But the beef needs to be between Howard and the Overlord. We need to have our tangible fucking yeah. threat here. And so, look, this is never going to be the fucking diner scene in Heat, no. but it needs to kind of go there. It needs to be like, Howard, this is what we're going to do, and you're with me, right? And then Howard can be like, no, no. I'm absolutely not with you. You know, and and then this this can escalate, and then if you want, you can culminate in in that fight, and the two of them can have a pop at each other whilst also taking on yeah. all of the biker gang. Um, because because this scene itself, narratively, then whilst it's good and whilst it's it's reasonably well handled, the scene doesn't work. You know, like at one point, um, Beverly says to him, "I can't believe you're sitting there. Look at what they're doing to Howard. He's fucking evil. Of yeah. course, he's sitting there. He Why would he help?" Fun. Because Why, this, though, at this possible? point, we've already established the scientist who actually likes Howard and wants to help Howard is dead, or he's not in there. Yeah. So and we'll come back to that later on as well. Well, that's but, the other thing. If there'd have been a stronger connection there, if this had been Tim Robbins, yes, this would have made more sense as well. 
Uh, or let's be honest, if Tim Robbins had been Jeffrey Jones, yeah. everyone's a winner. Yeah, but you, anyway, you get rid of Philzy altogether. Yeah. So, okay. So let's let's work all this out. Okay. I can't, so I can't believe you're sitting here. Look at what they're doing to Howard. Right? He's evil. So, okay. A. Why did they wait till now to start with to to fight him? Like, he, yeah. like he's been there all along. Why why did they wait? You know, it's like they just casually waited for him to get up and announce his presence before starting on him. Okay. Yeah. Um. Why is he asking for the code to the to the flashy thing? Like, what? Just like he's he's a fucking evil alien overlord. Like, surely he can just take it. Well, yeah, because he has all these fucking powers and stuff. Yeah. You know, he can produce all sorts of fucking rays and shit like that. So presumably, one of them would be enough to overcharge. Yeah, this 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 machine and set the laser off. Yeah, so so why why does he, why does he have to ask for the code? He should be able to just take it from them. Um, and then finally, when all of this plays out, why bother taking Leah Thompson? I mean, he, like I look, I get it. He wants host bodies, okay? Hmm. But that hasn't really been explained. I'm just making the narratively based on my knowledge of genre and stuff here. Yeah, but no, because he he said you know he, he says they need they need host bodies. Fine. He's just left how many fucking people in that diner? That's what I'm saying. Exactly. Why her specifically? Because he doesn't need just one. Yeah. Okay. As it, as it happens, when we get to the end, he only brings two down. Whereas in his speech here, he's bringing down a fucking army. Yeah. But like, why don't you just take them all? I don't understand. None of this makes any narrative sense. No, what none of it. So ever. Um, but having said that, whilst it is still very poorly written, this is much more enjoyable. Like, where yeah. was this? An hour ago. Yeah. If definitely. we'd have been here an hour ago, I'm I'm all in on this film if we'd yeah. have been here an hour ago. But it's too little too late. Like we're one hour and fifteen minutes in and we're at the start of act two. Yeah. And That's... and by and by an hour and forty five, we're done. Yeah. Um now again, just double underlined exclamation points here. Why do the fucking cops want Howard? Like they show up at the diner and instantly like it's a fucking duck. Well, this like, it's, again, it's a fairly big leap that this this duck, who they know fuck all about, other than he's a no, other than he's an anthropomorphic duck, escaped them. Now, at this point, they don't know the duck was there. They no. don't know he's done anything apart from merely get fucking murdered. Um, yeah. So, no, why are they after him? So then he's there hiding in plain sight, which is fine. It, no, again, it works as a gag, and he's calling Philzy out the car, and you get this this gag whereby he's like, "Oh, I've got to get out." Of it. So. Tim Robbins goes out the window while Howard opens the door from the outside on the other side of the car. That's a nice gag, but it completely ruins any tension which is being built up by the fact he is there with all these fucking coppers who are looking for him and he's right in front of them. Yep, yep. It uh, makes no fucking sense. Then you get... They, they do interview the waitress, though, and she's great again, so she's yeah. funny. Um, now, for the next 20 minutes, I really got very little to complain about they they go on their fucking flight in their little aeroplane thing and there's there's some there's some fuckery but it's it's fuckery in in the sense of we now have a narrative and we're moving forward jeffrey yes. jones has beverly they have to save beverly there is a mission to go on yeah they have to stop the overlords lawnmower, this lawnmower plane whatever the fuck it's supposed to be it's, no it's it's nice it works yeah, and it, it, it works fine now we're off on an adventure yeah. and we should have been sudden, off on an adventure an hour ago yeah and now all of a sudden the, the slapstick gags you have where Excuse me. Well, you know the um, the police are shooting at them, and you get you know they're fucking weaving in and out, and they cut. You no, know, it's such a crappy little fucking uh, vehicle anyway. It can barely take off because because of, you know, of the weight of the two of them on it. So you get that, you get them, you get the, the interaction between you get um, Phil falling off it and sort of hanging off the the wheels and shit. That's all funny. That all works. 
I said, yeah. at, this point, we, at this point, we should be really gearing up. This is the, we should be tooling up and going into the fucking lab to get to end it. We shouldn't yeah. be saying, right, no, now we're going on our road trip. Now we're, we're going on the 40 to no, the 40 to 60, 65 minute mark of what would be a normal action film or yeah, a comedy and, action film. And again, like, you know, you've got the team up with him and Phil's now, which works works fine because they, they ended on a bad note back an hour of fucking go. So it works yeah. fine that they now have to team up and have this kind of odd couple relationship, except... Filthy doesn't play it like that when he shows up at all. He's like, oh, Howard, great to see you. Like, they should hate each other. It would yeah. be, it would work much better. Yeah. It would work much be. better. Yeah, but there's not. Um, yeah, I, you again, know. it's your typical old couple trope, isn't it? Yeah. You put, but, the, two, you put the two together, force them to coexist, and they, they work it out. Yeah, and then by the end, then they're best buds. Yeah, because, I mean, the other thing I didn't get, and I, uh, the other thing that didn't happen, which I would have expected, is the way that Phil is set up, it's almost like he's going to be an unrequited love interest for Beverly. I mean, yeah, he's he's set up as a rival for Howard, definitely. Yeah, and it just never happens. Nope. I mean, there's a lot that never happens. I, I genuinely do think there's a script in here somewhere that wasn't produced. And I generally yeah. think somebody... Because I know... One of the things I do know about this film is it was originally intended to be an animated movie. Right. And it ended up going live action. So whether things were taken out and the script was bolstered and things like that, because it was an animated movie, it probably would have been about 80, 90 minutes, which is yeah, the right which, fucking length. Yeah. Which is, um, you know, if you had that, not the extra 40 minutes of shit, would have been yeah. fine. So it feels like, you know, maybe the stuff that was, was thrown in there was maybe half-baked. But yeah, you get all of this stuff. And it, I, to be honest, I've not got too many notes on it because actually I'm pretty entertained here. Yeah. Um, so I'm not right. I'm not fault finding. I'm not writing stuff down. There's nothing really too bad to say about it. I'm pretty fucking entertained. Um, it's all over too quickly. Yeah. It's you know they, we should have had you know this an hour ago and it should be running for best part of an hour this part of it, but it doesn't. Yeah. We get instead half hour of this fuckery. Yeah. Um, I think you get the Keystone Cops and shit like that. That that all works really well. No, it's, yeah. It's, it's good. It's great. No, I, th this is my problem overall with the film is that there's a lot of promise and there are a lot of bits which they've done and if they'd done properly and done them to the right extent would have been fine but yeah. the things they the things they needed to do they didn't do and the things they didn't need to do they fucking dragged out for an hour yeah exactly you know we we had all of this stuff set up way back at the start like you said where he was a bit nervous by the loud noises and the shaking and stuff like that all of that would have played out really well now in this final act when he gets to the final showdown and he's got to ride the gun and he's in a chair riding yeah. a fucking gun which like, is going to be, yeah, it's going to be fucking shaking him all over the place. You've got explosions going why, on. Yeah. Why doesn't he flash back and have to deal with some PTSD and put yeah. that extra hurdle in the place? All of that. But the, the, the real issue with it anyway is that Howard just doesn't really have to, I guess, duck up here. Mm. It, it, there's no, because there's no connection between him and the Overlord. There's no... No tangible threat for him to be scared of. He doesn't have like, oh my God, you know, again, why doesn't he, maybe you could have had these as like, they were an evil race on his world that were yeah. abolished. They were the Nazis of the duck world. Yeah. And, and they were banished. Because I mean, it says they were banished these, somewhere. Yeah, all of these things that you so, could draw on and yeah. you don't. So I was thinking that when, when you were talking about, you know, the, uh, about this whole thing of them potentially teaming up and him sort of, you no, know, we could have done that. Yeah, that would have been easy, you know, easy way to do it. So, well, look, no, they, you know, they, they attack my planet, or even to the point where um, the overlord says, "Yeah, no, your planet's gone." You know, because yeah. again, that, that ruins it for him. And all of a sudden, he he has to he has to hero up and save a planet that's not his because he hasn't got anywhere anywhere else to go. 
there are all these all these ways they could have gone with it, which would have been infinitely better just because it'd be more fucking interesting and there would have been more yeah. about the story. I mean, we literally just fixed it between us in 30 seconds. It's yeah. literally that. They they almost destroyed his planet and, you know, all right, there was a massive war. They they were the, the Nazis of his planet. It was a massive duck war, you know, and, and now they're going to do it to Earth and he will not let it happen again because he lost his father in the great duck war of 39 or whatever. I don't, I don't know, whatever, right? Yeah. You can work, work the details out amongst yourselves. But that instantly gives you, and you don't have to do any heavy lifting there. That's something that everybody gets immediately, straight away. Like as soon as they get in the diner and he says who he is, Howard is like, just Howard wigs out straight away. And that that escalates to the fight in the diner because he's a duck and then the good old boys can get involved because the duck shouldn't be threatening the nice ginger white man. Yeah. You know, like just straight. And and again, even to a point where you've you've got um, Jeffrey Jones' character, no, he would no, to, he would be taunting Howard effectively. Yeah, because he'd have the good old boys on his side as well. Then, so yeah. he could be using that to just drop these, yeah, these really subtle, delicious one-liners, and he could yeah. eat the eggs. Yeah, you know, all sorts of things. But there's none of that. So, unfortunately, despite enjoying all the adventure stuff, when we get to the final showdown, which is well handled, mind yeah. you, it just doesn't feel earned. The, again, no. I just don't feel it because we've. These two have only just met. Yeah. Like they've 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 spent 20, 30 minutes together at most. And not even that, actually, because they haven't been on screen together for much at all. No, that's right. And I mean I you get you get this point, so no, they they again so, and, and you have a nice scene, you get the combination of the chase scene where all the police cars are chasing them, they fly through the train because they can't get over it, so it breaks the mm. wings and they have to drive in and all that's all great, that's all fine. They pull up to the building, which you recognise as being the, the one that uh, uh yeah. in earlier. That's all fine, that works really well. And then they go inside and then it's like they stop and you know, you think, okay, they, no, you're gonna build something, we're gonna get a tooling up sequence, we're gonna get something which really ramps it up. And we don't, we get the start of that where they have this fucking deatomizer or whatever the fuck it's called. And they have to get to that, but they again they they, they hold any momentum on that because it's lo- it's locked inside a locked room and all the rest of it. So they, that slows right down. You're cutting back and forth to um, Leah Thompson and um, and Jeffrey Jones, which again isn't really going anywhere. There's no, it's just it's just pointless dialogue. Mm-hmm. I know it says two people talking on the internet, but no, it, it's it's talking for the sake of talking. It's fleshing out a scene that doesn't need fleshing out. Yeah, we know what he's doing. We know what his plan is. You yeah. just need to see him strapping her down to the table. But. Yeah. But and the again, gun and again thing, you, get that, you get that stupid um, this thing where she's like, oh, "I'm not afraid of you. There's nothing you can do to me." And you get this really lascivious look where he's, you know, his hand is hovering over a thigh, and then he, you know, he pulls the ratchet strap back and tightens it up. There's no need for any of that. No, no need for it at all. But but the bit that really bugs me, though, listen, and you hit the nail on the head there when they go to get that gun thing, that disruptor, yeah. whatever it is, which is just a literal magic bullet because they've written yeah. themselves into such a fucking hole. Yeah. Because there is no tangible threat, no reason for any of this to be happening. They're just like, how do we end this quickly? Well, yeah, and oh, not only that, they, okay. if you look at Men in Black as a comparison again, with the bug, they seed sugar very early on. And that's the problem with this. And there is absolutely no reason why this gun couldn't have appeared the first time they went to the lab and somebody had an accident with it as they were walking through the door and go, whoa, 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 that thing's really fucking unstable. Don't go anywhere near that. Yeah. That's all it takes. Yeah. That's it. And then... Instead of fucking Filzy having to go, I know, 
Howard seen it. He sees yeah. the thing be unstable. He sees it explode, give off a massive ray, and I don't know, blow a hole in a fucking lab wall or something. Yeah, that's all you need to see it do. Yeah, so Howard all, all goes, of a sudden it's a we thing. Need that. Yeah, yes. it's a thing rather than going. Oh, my my friend showed me something when I was here six months ago, which has nothing to do with the film. Yep, yep. And like you said, Men in Black, they see it early on. They, and look, I'm I'm no real fan of Men in Black. It's much, much better than this. I like the first one. Uh, yeah, I, I don't I mean, dislike it's, it. it. It's Will Smith. It's, it's, no, it's, it's... This is my issue. I'm not a Will Smith fan. Um, but with, with a few exceptions. But in general, I'm not a Will Smith fan. So that, that's my Men in Black issue. But um, yeah, anyway, this isn't a Men in Black podcast. Uh, but yeah, they, you're dead right. They seed the sugar earlier on. Um, and and even even things like the fucking noisy cricket and stuff in Men yeah. in Black as well. That's seeded early. It's like it's a yes. tiny little gun. Let's all laugh at you. And then when he fires it, it's like fuck me. Yeah. That's what this is missing. Like and I, 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 you know, it's happened. We've mentioned it several times through the course of uh, of pulling this apart. Now there's loads of stuff that was seeded earlier on that doesn't pay off, and there's loads of stuff that just happens that feels like it's just been dropped in out of nowhere because they've gone. Yeah. Hang on, need yeah, magic we need to finish this. Science. And, yeah, and I mean, not only that, I mean, you, you look at it and you think, right, okay, what, what do we need to finish this? We've got aliens and we've got George Lucas on board, so we've got ILM, so let's do some fucking lasers. Yeah, and, and look, the, the effects, fucking great. I love the fucking stop motion yeah. overlords when they come out. They're fucking brilliant. They, yeah. Amazing, absolutely amazing. I mean, again, I love this shit. I love practical effects. They fucking, they look ace. Even the creature design, yeah. fucking brilliant. They look really, really cool. Well, uh, I, had to, I had to look twice because I was. By the time we got to this point, um, and I was watching it last night, I say it was it was pushing one o'clock, um, and I was starting to nod. And I, I thought I'd missed more than I had because I, I rewatched it this afternoon. I rewatched the last sort of half hour just to make sure I picked it all up. And the design of it. So when it comes up and you sort of see it from a distance, and you get the arms fucking smashing around and all the rest of it, and then you go to close up and it looks like there's a, a fucking mouth snarling, and then it lifts its head up. So it's like there's a fucking yeah, yeah. mouth on the back of it. It's a really interesting design. Yeah, but and, no, and again, if they'd done it earlier on, if we'd seen something of it earlier on, you could have just seen a fucking fang or yes. a claw or this no this random second mouth, and it would have been enough to enough to just seed the creature and what it is and give us an idea of what they're up against. Yep. So again, seeding is the issue, you know, and all of this stuff, like it's all working. I like the creature. I like the fact that Howard's got to drive the gun and and the, the showdown between them is all working. It's just that. It doesn't mean anything because there's no personal connection. Had we just had that stuff in the diner, yeah, even just with that, I still think it needs to come earlier. But even just with that, this would all be a hundred percent better, you know. And yeah. and moreover, what is Howard sacrificing? Because surely it makes much more sense if the only way to kill these things is to use the fucking laser yeah. that sends Howard home. Yes. So if he's going to kill them, yeah, blast them into a sun or something. He's forfeiting his only way home. He can yeah. never go home again. Yeah. But that that, that, again, is, that works, but the problem is we've not established a home as somewhere is actually fucking interesting. No, anyway. well, that, that is the other thing, isn't it? That would have needed seeded early on. But then you can see how easily all of this can come together yeah. and how actually, like, the bits are kind of here. It's like it's like it's a paint by numbers and somebody's just got the numbers fucking mixed up. And they so, put red where they should be yellow, yellow where they should be yeah. blue. I was yeah. going to say, for me, it's it's a case of paid by numbers. Some cunt has nicked the yellow. Yeah, and it's just like it, it doesn't make sense because all of this is just maybe I don't know. Maybe we're simplifying it too much, but it just seems so obvious to me. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I don't know. They just need to make it personal, you know, and and sort of. By the time that does come around, because we do get that at the end then, we do get this thing of, well, you may not be able to get you home and stuff. 
it's too little too late. Yeah. You know, it, it should be in order to beat the Overlord. He does have to do that. He does have to reverse the thing and blow up the laser. Yeah. Yeah. But it should be to beat the Overlord. So that because by the time he does it then, it's not like it's this big heroic act. It's like this no. is the we have to do this. There's no question. Otherwise yeah. she's dead. Right? And and the Overlord's coming through and everybody's dead. It should be a case of there is a direct threat there to everybody. Yes. There's the weapon. I, I'm the only one that can do this. It is my only way home. I have yeah. to go and get it, turn it on him, and, and forfeit my way home. Um, so and, and also, more importantly than all of that, okay, the big logic gap that, that was bugging me all the way through this showdown. Mm. I asked a short while ago when we were talking about the Diner scene, why did he specifically take Leah Thompson? Okay. Just like why is he now only bringing two down? So he's got Leah Thompson and, he, and he's got Tim Robbins. He's going to bring two down. Yeah. Where's the rest of the fucking army? Why are there only two? Wasn't he supposed to be bringing an entire fucking army down? Because well, there's that, and as Fatty says, no, we need human hosts. So that's the whole threat to the Atomic. We need human hosts, but they come down and they're fully formed. It's not that they need to gestate or anything. No. It's not like she needs to give birth to them or anything, or they need they need her to, to develop before no. they burst out. That's what they I'm come down as fully formed monsters. So I, I don't. That's the fucking point. Just bring a horde. Yeah, bring fifty of the cunts and lay waste to, to Cleveland. Because let's be fair, Cleveland, yes. Yeah, he he just didn't need him. I, I to the point where actually, when when he breaks out of Jeffrey Jones, he's more powerful because in that body, you say, "No, oh, this body can't sustain me. I need to keep eating things and stuff like." Like just well, just transform then. Yeah, just literally, just come straight through. I, I just don't get it. Don't get it. But so there's that. That's that's the end of our film. Howard saves the day with zero fucking threat whatsoever. Yeah. Decent decent fight, but zero threat, zero personal connection. He saves the day with a magic fucking bullet. Yeah, um, and, and and you get like you, you, we we go to the song in a minute, and I mean you get think about him saving the world, and he has no Loki saved the world except nobody fucking knew about it anyway. No nobody knew there was a threat because there wasn't one. And, and I'm fine with that. I'm fine with a kind of reluctant hero who yeah. you know, lives among us and, and we'll never know how thankful we should be because we don't see what he deals yeah. with day in, day out because he's, you know, many blacks stopping yeah. all the intergalactic and, threats. And, and that's and fine. Remember. But, but then that, that, but there wasn't a threat to, be, to begin with. No, and, and if that's going to happen, if he's going to be that character, then he needs to be battling personal demons. Yes. So, you know, he, he needs to have his own internal turmoil, which is why he doesn't reveal himself to the world, because quite frankly, he's a fucking horrible person. Yeah. But it's, that isn't there at all. There is none of that. So there's no drama. That's the problem with this whole thing. There is no there's not an ounce of drama in this entire fucking film. No, there is not. no there's no narrative through line. Nobody has any agency. There's no real plot to speak of. Uh, there's no connection between any yeah. of the characters other than. Beverly and Howard want to fuck like it just they, they bin it all you know they, they set those two up to have a quite a nice relationship at the start and then they just bin it off it's like but uh, that is this film in, in, in summation isn't it? That, that's what they do they, they, the things they set up they just go ah oh, fuck it and yes. I think you're absolutely right I think there's a far better film in here than we got and it's difficult to work out where the blame for that lies um, because at some point there was a script there would have been all sorts of production meetings and all sorts of process you go through to get to a point where you say, right, we're ready to shoot. At some point, somebody missed that gaping fucking 40 minute bit where they went, hang on, what the fuck has this got to do with anything? Yep. Why, apart from a couple of really easy fucking gags and some boobs, why are we doing this? And the answer yep. is, I don't fucking know. Nor do I. We're doing it all to get to an awesome fucking 
on stage rock number at the end. That's why we're, <laughs> that's why we're doing it. Just some some eighties fucking power pop rock number yeah. at the end where they riff on Back to the Future. Um, just that's that's it. That's why we're doing it. That's this. That's it. Yeah. To get to that. We get. We're doing it. Video then. We're doing, yeah, we're doing it to get to a fucking music video, basically. Yeah. In, in that um, case, don't spend the fucking millions of dollars you spend. Just make a music video. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, there you have it, really. It's it's a film of two halves, isn't it? The second half, it's pretty fucking enjoyable. I'll be honest. Yeah. Like, it, it's full of, full of problems, which are all the fault of the first half. Yeah. But despite all of that, it was okay. I went with it and I had a good time for the last kind of hour. But fuck all happens in the first hour when actually a lot of stuff should be happening Yeah. to sell that second hour. Um, the performances are fucking horrible. Just yeah. bun. Like, Jeffrey Jones is is exceptional. We've got those two extras or, or bit players, if you like. Yeah. Uh, the, the waitress and, and the lady at the, the job centre who are good. And, and Leah Thompson is sporadically good, depending on who she's yeah. working with. Everybody else is fucking horrible to the point where, like I said, that detective is one of the worst performers I've ever witnessed yeah. in my life. Um, and, and that may not be his fault. Okay, he he may be a very very good performer. Uh, he's just got not bad that It's been poorly directed. So I'm not. It's not like I've got him in my sights or anything well, like no, that. And, and this is the thing. I mean, we as as we've said on on this and other shows, we weren't there. We don't know. Um, no. But it just it smacks of. It smacks a little bit of people going, well, I'm only a, I'm in here for two scenes. I don't really give a fuck. Yeah. Um, and then just... you get the odd, you get the odd one who's only you know, the waitress, the, um, the the employment lady, and they're in one scene each. Mm. But they fucking go, you know what? It's a job, and I'm going to yeah. do it. I'm, go this is where I'd be hired to do it. I'm going to do it. And no, that's unfortunately it stands out for the wrong reasons. It stands out because nobody else does that. Yeah. Um, one thing I did read yesterday was that the um, all the songs Leah Thompson uh, sang herself, and I think when they did, they released um, they released it on DVD or Blu-ray in about 2009, and in uh, one of the commentaries or one of the um, the interviews, they they weren't sure right up until the day of the the, sort of the the imminent release of the film whether they were going to leave them in or not, or whether they were going to overdub it. That would have been a horrible mistake if they took yeah. the songs out, <laughs> um, or, or overdubbed them. To be honest, because I think I think she does a very good job of selling them. She does. I mean, her performance on stage is very good as well. Yeah. Um, at, and, at all and times. This, this gag as well. We kind of skipped over where they, the the fight is going on in the bar. And they're singing behind the um, they're singing behind the cage, and she just stops mid song with "fuck it, this is too slow," and starts an entirely new song. Yeah, again, it's just a really nice thing where you know, even even the people who are there and are sort of getting on with the music, they don't give a fuck. The band don't give a fuck, and they're just like, "ah, oh, sod it, we'll play something else." And it kind of sums up the whole film for me. It's just like, "oh yeah, well this isn't working. Let's just try something else instead, and see if anybody notices." Yeah, it's kind of throw everything against the wall, isn't it? Um, it's a mess. The whole fucking thing. Is a great big mess. It's yeah. like I said right back at the start. It feels like it's about ten films rolled into one. It's schizophrenic. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. I, so, I was going to say you've you said there's ten films rolled into one, and it's kind of schizophrenic. Are any of those ten films better than Mario? No, no. <laughs> there's no 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 question with this one for me. Um, none whatsoever. I was I was thinking going into this based on how much I I used to like it as a kid. You know, the half of it that I watched anyway. Yeah. And again, it's the worst half that I used to watch, hmm. but I didn't know really what was coming after it. So it wasn't like I was expecting it to lead somewhere. I was just, yeah. and as a kid, I was fine with fucking play duck and the tits and the quack foo and stuff. All fine. It was just 
fucking it should be silly fucking, isn't it? fucking around yeah so yeah. it's cool but um yeah I, I so i was i was expecting going in for this to be a close run thing i i wasn't ever expecting for it to be good but i was thinking i'd be sat here agonizing a little bit as to whether it's better than mario or not um it's not it's definitely not mario for all its faults is and i've said this when we've we've come to this question but mario for all its faults is entertaining yeah. And at no point during watching it, not just when we've watched it for the show, but the other times I've watched it as well, at no point do I feel the need to check the runtime. At no point do I feel the need to look at my watch. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I did it when we were doing it for the show because we, we do kind of time these things, but at, yeah, at no point do I feel the need. Whereas watching this, especially in that first hour, I was like, oh, for fuck's sake, how long have yeah. I got left? Really? Yeah. It, was a, it was a chore. I did not enjoy watching this. Uh, the second half I did, that flew by. Too yeah. little, too late by then. So yeah, uh, no, uh, categorically, absolutely not. Is it one of the worst films ever made? No. All right, I think that's unfair. Um, but it certainly is very bad. It's a yeah. fucking car crash of a film. Yeah, I think I'm the same. I mean, I, I, I went into it thinking, oh, I know it's bad. I know. Well, I've seen a lot more recently than you had until rewatching for this. So I was, I kind of knew where it was going, and I knew, I knew a lot of the narrative problems we were going to come up against, and I think. Were you to lose that 30, 35, 40 minutes and have that, that structure we've been talking about, it, it's there. And I think losing that would make it a passable film and would possibly make it a far closer run thing with Mario because at least then you've got a coherent narrative that goes from point A to point B. Yep. The problem is you do all this fucking meandering via point Z before you get to point B just to fill it and make stupid fucking jokes. Now, don't get me wrong. I love a good pun. And there's some decent duck puns in there, but they just don't. It's like the tone of the film doesn't know where it sits, and it doesn't know. So, you you start off and it's quite it's quite gritty, it's quite serious. You and you you then it it kind of plays in. It's going to be a sort of no an action comedy, which is kind of no, which is fine for the eighties. And seeing a lot of Marvel stuff as it's come through later on, you can you, you kind of expect that to be where it, it sits as well. But then all of a sudden it just goes off this massive fucking tangent where he no he goes and works in a brothel, and no he gets a job for no fucking reason, and you've got some sciency people because why not? And it's like, hang on, I don't need any of this. We have, he's here and he doesn't know why. He wants to get home. How does he get home? Where is he? How did he get here in the first place? Do the work. Put the groundwork in that first 25, 30 minutes. Set up your second act before you get to the hour mark. And you're fine. The problem is they, they, they didn't know where they were going with this film until they got to that, to that, that run-in. And where you get all of Act 2 and all of Act 3 in the space of 40 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, it, and like you said, it is easy to get from point A to B to C with this story. It's easy. He gets sucked from his home, brought down to earth. First thing that happens is a bunch of punks beat him up because of the way that he looks. He yeah. looks different. So he's persecuted on earth. He hates earth. He needs to get home. Yeah. Then he meets Beverly and Philzy and he forms some friendships and he starts to realize that actually not yeah, all bad. humans are bad and earth isn't so bad. Then he gets the opportunity to go home and instead we suck down the overlords and he, you know, yes, by that point, because he's learned to accept humanity, it's a bit, you know, a bit gut-wrenching when he's first going to go home. The overlord comes down, threatens to destroy the planet. Howard has history with him. Off he goes. He now has to save Earth because it's full of people that he cares about and yeah. sacrifices ultimately his, his one way home. Yeah. So then he has to learn to blend in. Kind of like Mac and me, but with more tits. That's probably and, the best description unless, of this film you will ever have. And less terrorism. Yeah. Nobody blows up a gas station in this one. <laughs> That's very true. I forgot about that. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, I don't know. It's just frustrating because I think it's you see what could be there. Um, and, and, and even though 
even when, as you say, it's a tertiary comic character, there is enough there to make a, a coherent story out of. Definitely. And I just, just gave you one. I well, don't yeah, watch that. That's it. And you say, well, why couldn't you fucking do that? Why couldn't you say, right, we'll blow off all this shit, which doesn't know. Somebody's gone and written that, and somebody's greenlit that. Somebody's gone, yeah, that's funny. That's yeah. that's gonna that's gonna keep people laughing. That's gonna keep people's interest. When in reality, it doesn't it doesn't do anything apart from rid, no, just stop the story in its tracks. I say yeah. story, no, ironically, but you know, th- there is a story there. They just don't know how to fucking tell it. And I think that's the frustration for me. And that, no, that's why I'm more annoyed that I fucking bought it rather than renting it. Um, because oh, am I ever going to watch it again? No. I probably will know in general principle because I paid for it. But it, no, it's, it ain't exactly you know, something I'm going to be going back to time and time again. I mean, it's that film you can bust out now if you've got people around and you can be like, have you ever seen, yeah, a we've film seen this shit where a duck tries to seduce a woman and then gets cold feet? Like, because here it is. Yeah. Here's that. Did you ever want to see a duck's naked breasts? Here they are. Yeah. Like it's it's that film, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but then that's what YouTube's for. You just put the clip on. You don't put the whole fucking thing on. But yeah, you know, there you go. But yeah, so I mean, that's that's the annoying part for me. I mean, I can't see it happening. But if anybody does disagree with us, please, please, please let us know what we've missed because fuck me, this is no, this was just painful. Um, yeah, get in touch. Let us know your th- what you think about the film because I mean, I, I know there are people who love it. I know there are people who hate it. There are far more people who hate it. Um, but you know, people have a lot of people have seen merited, and we know we've seen some merited parts of it as well. So it's not as if we're going, oh, it's fucking terrible. It's the worst thing ever. You know, but yeah, get in touch. Let them. Definitely not the worst film ever made. No, definitely I mean, not. We've we've done some stinkers on this show, which I think this is possibly on a par with, but. It's towards it's towards the back end of our list in terms of quality, but it's yeah. not anywhere near the. It, it's like it's not three six five days, is it? Let's no, exactly. That was that was the one that was bringing to mind. No, it's, it's, yeah. it's better than that. Um, but yeah, get in touch. Let us know what you think um, on Twitter at ddpodcastnet. You can go to our website ddpodcast.net where you can uh, get in touch with us through there. Also, find our other shows, including the ones we just mentioned, um, on Facebook with the Double Down Podcast Network and on YouTube as well. Wherever you get your podcasts from, be it iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Amazon Music, Blueberry, TuneIn, there are a couple of others I can't remember. Like, share, subscribe, uh, leave some message and we'll get in touch. Until next time. Duck off. <laughs> <laughs>